This is a great day, actually. This is Father's Day. All you fathers ought to be proud, and all you men that are looking to be fathers should be proud, because this is a great and a grand day. And so I celebrate all the fathers, and all those fathers, those men that want to be fathers, I celebrate you today. And I say this, although my message is not about fathers today, but it is, in fact, about Father God. Fathers, be strong. This is my word to you. Fathers, be strong. Don't back off. Don't give in. Be what God called you to be. And encourage your family. Don't discourage. Encourage your family. Even if they make mistakes, let them make their mistakes, but let them learn from their mistakes. I want you to hear that you, you, sir, are necessary. Don't let anybody say that you have no place anymore. There's no reason for a father's authority anymore. There's no reason for a father's love anymore. They're wrong. You are necessary. You, sir, are the example that your family will carry. Now hear this. This is what the Lord spoke to me early this morning. You are, you are the one and that great example that your family will carry into eternity. Whatever you've done, whatever you've said, whatever you've showed them, that's not, that's, some of the things, a few of the things that they will carry into eternity because you shape and mold their lives through your actions and your words. Are you hearing me today? In this series, Back to Basics, I was thinking, what, what's important to me? What's something that I need that I can't do without? Of course, there's several things, but this is one of the things and I believe it's right at the top of the list that I need. I need this on a daily basis. I need to be close to this. I need to listen to this. I need to be a part of this. We'll get into it in just a moment. But I was watching a program, a, a television program, where scientists now have concluded, isn't this amazing? Scientists have concluded that there is something more to life than just the physical realm. Isn't that amazing? They are now exploring the spiritual realm. They're even studying life after death, or I call it life after life. They're studying it because now they can't, they can't refute it. They say it's absolutely a fact. After millions and millions of people have written their reports, what do you conclude? Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word is established. It's been established there is life after death. But here's what's funny to me. This is something that the church has realized for a millennia. We've already known that. We lived it. We've talked about it. We've preached it. Even Sister Kathy sitting here, she knows her Sunday school students. Even the Sunday school st uh, student or child can tell you about eternity. They can tell you about the spiritual realm. Yet now scientists with all this great intellectualism are saying there's something far greater than this life. There's another life. And I'm going to say there is another life, and it starts right here and now with you. Amen? Because God can take, no matter who you are today, no matter where you are today, no matter what you've done, hear me, God can take that life, a sinful life, he can wash it in the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. He can put, now this is important, <clears throat> he can put his spirit in it, in that person, once he puts that spirit in a person, he makes that person a blessing to all of humanity. Why? Because you've been touched by the spirit of Almighty God. 
the realm that no one can see, but it's very much, it's so real. How many people can say today, sitting in your home or your car or office, you can say it's real. That spiritual realm is real. You know, a doctor, I've ministered this before, but a doctor one time, he took a dead body. He was studying a dead body. And he tried different methods, different ways to make that dead body stand on its own. <clears throat> I mean, everything was there. All the bone structure was there. All the muscles were there. All the ligaments, all the tendons were there. And he tried different postures, but none of them would work. He concluded that there was nothing wrong. Here's his conclusion. Nothing was wrong with the structure. It had everything it needed to stand. Nothing was wrong with it. <clears throat> but the doctor went on to say that though it had proper structure, it needed the spirit to make it stand. And I'm going to say today to all of you that are concerned, you need the Holy Spirit to stand. Without the Holy Spirit, you will fail, you will falter, you will fall, and you'll live a to me, it would be a life without worth because we need the Holy Spirit in our lives to, make, to bring goodness and value into our lives. We need the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Can you say that to somebody? We need the Holy Spirit. What happened here? Why couldn't he stand? The body lacked spirit. How many of us today, we've seen it in the church, the body lacks spirit. People lack spirit. All they're doing is going through the motions. And that's, that, that has to cease, that has to stop if we're going to be a viable demonstration for the kingdom of God, Pastor Kenny. We have to have the Holy Spirit. What are we doing if we're not inviting the Holy Spirit into our midst? We need it in order to stand. We keep failing. And why do we fall? You ask that question, well, why is it we're falling? It's because we lack the Spirit. <clears throat> When anybody ever goes awry and you see them going, doing crazy things, saying crazy things, hurting people, you can just about bet on it that they're not listening to the Holy Spirit anymore. Once they turn the Holy Spirit over, off, the, the carnal mind takes over. The carnal mouth takes over. The carnal ear takes over. The carnal eye takes over. But when you turn on the Holy Spirit, something wonderful happens. He brings balance into your life. The Holy Spirit, I read something this morning, and I hope I can remember it. The Holy Spirit is something more than just speaking in tongues and shouting and dancing. The Holy Spirit teaches you to shut up when you need to shut up, to listen when you need to listen, and the Holy Spirit also brings discipline into our lives. It makes us look at ourselves properly. That's the Holy Spirit. He makes Alan Meshagan see himself clearly in the mirror of, of the Spirit. So, <clears throat> we see in football games, why do they have cheerleaders? Why do they have spirit boosters? Can anybody tell me? They're trying to raise the spirit, even though this is a, maybe a, a, a frail illustration. They try to raise the spirit of those spectators that are watching and raise the spirit enthusiasm of the team. They, wanted, they wanted to, or they want to create enthusiasm. They are there to get us excited about the game. Well, I'm going to tell you, that's just a physical exercise to produce excitement and to boost players. But we, friend, hear this carefully. We are in more than just a game. This is life or death. And we better realize it and wake up and, and see <clears throat> that church is something more 
than just coming in in a song and a dance routine and a, a 15 or 20 minute sermon. It's when we come into the house of the Lord and we encounter, we encounter the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit encounters us. Someone said, I just wish you'd preach more sermons about this or that or the other thing. Let me tell you, whenever the Holy Spirit is in control, you'll preach and say and do the right thing all the time. So we are in more than just a game. We live in reality that has a beginning and an end. It has a beginning and an end. And then there is this thing called eternity. The only thing you're going to, you're not going to take your bank accounts, Pastor Mike, to, to, into eternity. You're not going to carry your house into eternity. You're not going to carry your dog or your cat into eternity. What you're going to carry into eternity with you, the only thing is the power and might of the Holy Spirit. That will go with you. That will never leave you nor forsake you. It doesn't matter if the hand of death touches you. The Holy Spirit will never let go of your hand. And that, that's good. That's good stuff. When you realize the value of the Holy Spirit, and he'll start, talk to me here and now, and he'll talk to me when I'm 100 years old, and he'll be with me when I face God. It's time for us to realize the power and the necessity of the Holy Spirit. Not just 10 years from now, not 15 years from now, but in our life. We need the Holy Spirit right now, pastors, in our life, in our mind, in our innermost being, because we cannot grow the fruit of the gospel of Jesus Christ until we're filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. How can I reflect that which is good unless I have that good spirit in me? God, hear me today. This is not an exhaustive message on the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit. But this is going to chum the waters just a little bit where you'll get interested in the Holy Spirit, how it can change your life. Well, what about the Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit is the channel. It is literally the channel of communication between God and man. That is that channel. And you need to hear me. You can have a transmitter. And many of us, we see we're transmitters and receivers. You can have a transmitter in heavenly places and receivers here on the planet Earth. But if there is no signal, there'll be no communication. So you say, well, I'm a receiver, I'm a receiver, I'm a receiver. And God's a transmitter, he's a transmitter. But unless there's a signal sent by the power and might of the Holy Spirit, there will be no communication. That's how important he is. That's how important it is. The Spirit is the signal that connects mere mortals to God's throne. It connects us. Where is God? He's here with me now. How do I know? The Holy Spirit is with me now. Life and death are here in the power of the tongue. How? Because the Holy Spirit is here. Prosperity is here. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is here. Healing is here because the Holy Spirit is here. In Zechariah 4, 6, it says, Then he answered and spake unto me, this is King James Version, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. If you read that in the Living Bible, it says, Then he said, This is God's message to Zerubbabel, which we can take this to heart, because God, everything in the Word of God is an example for us. He said, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty, you will succeed because of my spirit, though you are few and weak. Are you hearing that, Pastor? Though you are few and weak, you'll still succeed. You say that after me. Though I'm few, there's few of us, and 
I don't know. There's many more against us. You will succeed because God is on your side. What are you trying to say then? God can take nothing. Everybody say nothing. God can take nothing and break the power of that which is something. He can break it down. What mountain is in your way? What valley is difficult for you? What river you can't cross? God can level any mountain in your life, even if you don't have a shovel. He didn't require you to have the shovel. He just required you to have faith so the mountain would move. And I'm speaking to someone's mountain now. You've got a mountain. You need to remove it. You need to ask the Holy Spirit to remove it. If you're connected to his spirit, hear me, without apology, I'm going to tell you, if you're connected to his spirit, you will achieve success. People around you may see it as a failure in some areas, but God is using it step upon step, line upon line to bring you to where he wants you to be. And success is being where God wants you to be, where he's called you. That's success to me. And it wouldn't matter to me if I was an usher in the house or a greeter or a line singer or a Sunday school teacher. It wouldn't matter to me. I'm in the house of the Lord doing his will, and I, he will, he will reward me for my work. Make no mistake of that. And so you may say, well, you're just a, uh, you just keep the nursery at church. Well, you've achieved success. If the Lord has pressed you into that area, you've achieved success with every baby you've helped. That's just fact. Listen, the church of Jesus Christ is more than just a, a committee. It's more than just a few people. It's more than just a pastor. It is the living organism. It is the body of Jesus Christ. And the body of Jesus Christ doesn't vote to tell the head what to do. The body never votes to tell the head what to do. It is the head that tells the body what to do. And yet we won't, listen to the, <clears throat> we won't listen to the Holy Spirit. The only way I can survive, the only way I can succeed is by getting alone with God. And it don't take a long time. All I have to do is take a deep breath and say, Jesus, and there he is. Hallelujah. So God can take you in your nothingness and, and use you mightily. So I'll illustrate it this way. If you, believe, if you believe, even if you feel your human capabilities are limited, God will take your seed faith and he will produce results. All God wants is your faith in him, which proclaims to all, everyone in the sphere of your relationship, that God is real. That's all you have to do. He's not asking you to have mountains full of faith. He's just saying, have a seed of faith. Yeah. And I'm going to say this for those that don't believe. God really exists, and he cares. Let me say it again. God really exists, and he cares. You say, well, I don't believe in God. Well, let, let me just say this. There's going to come a time in your life, yeah. you're going to see that God is real. There's going, to there's going to come a time that you're going to see that Jesus Christ is Lord because the Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that he, in fact, is the one. So understand when I tell you, I'd rather recognize him now than, than after life and a near-death experience or a death experience. I want to acknowledge him now 
in the here and now. So what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit puts me in position to where I can retrieve and call back those things that, that was lost many millennia ago in the Garden of Eden. Those things that were lost, that, that relationship, that intimate touch with God was lost because of sin and because of disobedience. God used to walk with man. He talked with man. He instructed. He protected. He communed. He guided. And he supplied all of man's needs. Do you realize that? He supplied all their needs. But now, because of sin, all that was separated. But hear this. Here's the good news. The Holy Spirit, which was sent from above after Jesus Christ went to the cross, he bled and died for the church of Jesus Christ, which the whole world should see his glory. The Holy Spirit is that part of God that draws man back to himself. But now the difference is man must receive that spirit. Man has to do that. We don't, it's just not going to come and say, well, I'm just going to, God's just going to press himself on Kenny. He doesn't work that way. You have to be hungry. The Bible says hunger and thirst after righteousness and you shall be. That's right. So. The Holy Spirit draws man back to him, to God himself, but we must receive it. You have to accept him into your life. He will not push himself upon you. Matter of fact, let's just say we come into church service here. You come through the back doors. You come and sit in the pews. Nobody's going to force you to worship. Nobody, let me say it this way. Nobody can work for make you worship. Nobody can make you praise. Nobody can make you pray. Nobody can do anything to you in the service. I heard someone say, nobody can tell me what to, who to listen to. No, nobody can tell you. But let me tell you, the one you'd better listen to is the voice of the Holy Spirit because he's calling out to you today, trying to bring you back to where you once belong. That's a word for somebody today, and you need to hear it. Because that failure after failure, don't, don't, don't keep failing and wonder what happened. What happened was you quit listening to God. Although you say you and God got your own thing. No, you and God don't have your own thing. We're all in this together. We are the body of Christ and we are, we need one another. The Holy Spirit is God's cord of life. He's the umbilical cord. He's the, like in a woman that's having a baby and it's the umbilical cord that nourishes the baby. Well, let me just say, we're in the womb of this universe and we have to have the umbilical cord of the Holy Spirit to keep us thriving and growing and and cause us to grow into the spiritual giants he wants us to be. It's the cord of life. It's his cable of opportunity. It's his source of wisdom. But where has man failed? This is a verse, and I've preached so many times. Where has man failed? John 6, 63. It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But we, through our carnal mind, now hear this, we have taken it and reversed the order that Christ spoke of it when he spoke it millennia ago. He said, and we've said it this way, it's the flesh that does it for me. It's the flesh that quickeneth, the spirit profiteth very little or nothing. That's the way we live it. That's the way we exhibit it. That's the way we demonstrate it, that the spirit is meaningless to us. But I'm going to tell you, and I'll say it again, without the Holy Spirit, we well, let me just make it personal. Without the Holy Spirit, I could not stand. I wouldn't want to stand. I wouldn't want to go out of the doors of this church without the Holy Spirit. I wouldn't want to drive on 285 without the Holy Spirit. I wouldn't want to go to bed tonight without the Holy Spirit because it is he who keeps all 
and through it all, God in heaven. We've spent a lot of time laughing and mocking the Spirit of God. I've heard uh, politicians do it. I've heard comedians do it. They laugh about the Holy Spirit. They make fun of it. But I'm going to tell you it's time for us to change that. Remember, God is a triune God. He's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a real being. Because the Bible speaks of it this way. The Holy Spirit can be quenched and grieved. Ephesians 4.30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby you're sealed into the day of redemption. What is he talking about? The day you face him is the day of your redemption. My daddy called it before he died. He said, I'm waiting for my glorious day. What was the glorious day? When he faced Jesus Christ. And it's the Holy Spirit that seals us and keeps us until that day. And I, that's one of my prayers every morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for sealing me into the day of redemption. And then Ephesians 4, 30 says, And grieve not, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed until the day of redemption. Then 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 very clear. Quench not the Spirit. Let me just say this. I've used this illustration so many times. If I had a fuse and it was lit to a 500-pound bomb, and that fuse is starting, it's coming down the line. If I take my fingers and put it on the fuse and throttle it down and the, and the fire goes out, that's quenching the fuse. What do we do in church service? We come in, we sit down, and we sit down. We sit down in our spirit. I don't care what you're doing sitting as long as your spirit is open. This last Sunday morning, we had a phenomenal service. Why? Because the spirit was here. No people weren't running the aisles and people weren't shouting and screaming. But I felt the overflowing unanimity of the church, the harmony of the church, the Holy Spirit working in the midst of the people. We cannot quench because God wants that bomb to go off. He wants the power of his, of his word to come alive. Is that making sense to anybody? So what I'm saying to you today, you can come alive. All is well. I'm going to close with this. I'm sure in the live service today, you'll hear much more than this. But the Holy Spirit is the implementer. The one who points. The one who leads. The one who directs. He is, he, is, he is holy, and he's the holy communicator, and he's the holy demonstrator, and he will lead us back into that garden experience. That means back when man walked with God. The Holy Spirit allows me to walk with God. I hope you've heard this message. It's not in its entirety, but I want you to hear you've heard enough to know that you need the Spirit of God. You say, well, I believe in Jesus isn't that enough? No. The devils believe in Jesus. The Bible's clear about that. Even the demons know that he's the Christ. It's not you just knowing. It's you receiving him into your heart, into your life. I confess with my mouth, believe in my heart, that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He went to the grave and after three days came forth under his own power. Do you understand that the Holy Spirit is needed in this life and in the life to come? Take a little moment. Even if you don't believe it, go somewhere in a room. Close everything out. Get down and say, whatever that man was talking about, I want to know if it's real. And start talking to God and see what happens. Because he's real. If I had nothing else to say to a group of people, it would be follow the Spirit. That would be my words. Please follow the Spirit. 
If I was laying right now on my deathbed, I'd say to my family, follow the Spirit. Because without that, you will fall. You will fail. So I want to pray for you right now because I believe God's had a word for you. And I believe He's going to illuminate it. He's going to expand it. I didn't say everything I could say. There's no way to do that in this short time. But I want you to understand how important God is in your life. Can we pray? Father, I know there's people that are listening to me that are like an empty vessel. They don't know. They don't understand. And their emptiness comes because of this. This is coming by the Lord now. Their vessel is empty because of discouragement, because of people's voices, because of actions of others. They've allowed them to empty their vessel. But I'm saying to you today in the name of Jesus, that vessel will be filled to overflowing with the power and might of the Holy Spirit. It'll push out discouragement. It'll push out all those negatives that are there. It'll, it'll, you'll start retrieve once again your joy and happiness. In the name of Jesus, I'm asking, Lord, that you fill everyone under, under, under the shadow of my voice right now. God, fill them with your presence. Fill them with your power. Fill them with your anointing. And if they don't know you as Lord and Savior, let them call upon you right now and see that what I'm saying is true. And Lord, if they're sick in body, Lord, you sent your word and heal them. I'm sending the word right now by means of the Holy Communicator, the Holy Spirit. Heal them now and set them free in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, for this glorious day. I thank you for this Father's Day. And I pray for all fathers that they walk under the umbrella of the Holy Spirit. I thank you, God, for this time and the ability to share. In Jesus' name, and they all would say, I want to thank you. You're such a blessing to me. You just don't know how much I need you. You just don't know how much I need your prayers. I do. But let me say this. God is in control. He's on the throne. And someone said, but you don't know what people have done to me. It doesn't matter what people have done to you. Just look what God's going to do for you. That's important. Don't forget to share this message. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. Don't forget to support the ministry that's coming before you. Because I'm going to tell you, this church is here today because of the Holy Spirit. He spoke it to me many years ago. He said, this is where you'll work. So I leave you with that, and I pray I can see you soon. 1521 Hurt Road. Marietta, Georgia, East West Church. God bless you. I love you. Pray for me. I'll be praying for you. I'll see you next week.